Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today is another AMA episode, that is, Ask Me Anything. I'd love to answer your questions, and if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. Today's question comes from Jay, who writes, I'm performing due diligence on an investment opportunity for the conversion of an existing property into a multi-unit property. This is essentially a repartitioning of an existing 3,000 square foot property into multiple units. The total investment is about $1.5 million and the deal sponsor is estimating the property will be valued at $3 million based on the income approach. It's in an area that is not known for the most expensive properties and I've got some questions about it. What questions should I be asking from a due diligence perspective? Well, Jay, this is a great question. A few things jump out at me from your question. Let's start with the appraisal process. Commercial appraisals are performed using three separate methods, and then the appraiser will choose which one of these three methods is the most appropriate under the circumstances. You mentioned that the proposed valuation is based on the income approach, but that doesn't really specify what the cap rate is. When performing an appraisal, an appraiser will look at the replacement cost for the property. If the total investment is only a million and a half, and it's a conversion of an existing property, then it might be fair to suggest that the replacement cost would indeed be a million and a half, since quite simply, a similar property of a similar size and similar price point could also be converted into multiple units. Now, replacement cost might also look for building a new build, starting from scratch, so you want to multiply the square footage by the cost to build, and then add the land cost and the soft cost to get the replacement cost. The second is comparable sales. The appraiser will look for similar properties that have sold recently in the marketplace to see what they're selling for. Now, in the world of multifamily, it's sometimes difficult to find a property that is exactly 100% comparable. But in those cases, the appraiser will look for properties that are similarly positioned in the market and normalize the sale price in terms of price per unit, let's say for a two-bedroom apartment, or they might normalize it in terms of price per square foot. And then the third method is the income approach, where the valuation is based on the market cap rate. With the increase in interest rates, we've definitely seen cap rates normalize somewhat compared with the insanity of a couple of years ago. We were seeing properties trading at cap rates in the threes in some markets, but now that interest rates are north of 5 and in some cases 6%, these low cap rates don't make any sense. So you want to make sure that your deal sponsor is using a realistic cap rate. Now you didn't say what the proposed cap rate was, but when there's such a large spread between the total investment and the proposed valuation, you need to ask yourself that question. You also have to ask yourself, would you pay $3 million in the open market for the stabilized asset if you knew that you could purchase a similar property in the market and convert it to multifamily for a total investment of a million and a half? You basically double your money. If you would not pay $3 million for that stabilized asset, well then just maybe others would see the $3 million as too expensive as well. Generating a million and a half in value in a short period seems like a strong investment. If it's a realistic project, then we would see evidence of similar projects being completed in the market. Here's the other test question. If the property is 3,000 square feet and it's truly worth $3 million, then what you're really saying is the property is valued at $1,000 a square foot. You would need to see what other properties in the market are worth $1,000 a square foot. My guess is that the most exclusive luxury condo buildings with rich amenities are going to be valued in that price range. A small detached property that has no amenities in an area that's not the most affluent doesn't seem to support that kind of valuation, at least in my mind. If the deal sponsor is correct about the valuation, then you would see other examples of properties that are similarly valued. 
Success leaves clues, and in a competitive marketplace, it's inconceivable to me that the entire marketplace has ignored this opportunity, and your sponsor is the only one to have stumbled across it. I would expect to see numerous examples in your search, and if you can't find any, or find many, then the financial projection is probably flawed in some way. I also believe it's important to conduct a thorough due diligence on zoning compliance. There's many examples of smaller multifamily properties that are non-conforming. That is to say, they added density within the envelope of the existing building, so the work didn't trigger a zoning review. Sometimes the builder designs the space with maybe an extra door to make it look like there are fewer units. But then after all the inspections are complete, that door gets removed to separate spaces into extra apartments. In some jurisdictions, these are called legal non-conforming units. They're legal in the sense that they comply with the building code, they've had all the proper permits and the required inspections, but then the removal of a door changes the flow and therefore the density. This represents a risk for some owners when it comes to insurance coverage. Insurance companies are notorious for using any excuse not to pay out a claim. Additional due diligence on this aspect might also be worth conducting. So, in summary, unless you've missed telling me some important details, The analysis you've been presented with seems to overlook the breadth of items that truly represent how value is established in the market. At the end of the day, value comes down to what people are willing to pay, and you need to see evidence of transactions to support the valuation. I want to thank you, Jay, for a fabulous question. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.